Hello and welcome. This is Pastor Terry, and I'd like to welcome you to my Bible study podcast. This daily podcast is a place where we take the teachings of Scripture seriously, but ourselves, not so much. Join us as we dive into the sacred words of the Bible. Each time we read, we pray, we change the world. Welcome to Pastor Terry's Bible Study Podcast. Well, welcome everybody. It is Friday, August the 6th, 2021, and we are continuing our journey through the book of 1 Corinthians. We are in Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 5 today on this special edition of the podcast, uh, Friday edition, not on Instagram, not on Facebook, just right here on the podcast. So thanks for joining us today. Um, and we're going to dive in, man. And it, man, we are diving in deep because this is... It's some crazy things going on in Corinth, and we're about to get a glimpse of some of the craziness that's happening. Um, and um, and Paul's um, corrective measures for said issue. So, you know, what we do we read, we pray, we change the world. So let's uh, let's jump in and read this from the Word of God, First Corinthians chapter five. It is actually reported that there is sexually or sexual immorality among you and of the kind that even pagans do not tolerate. A man is sleeping with his father's wife. Whoa. Oh, so you got a, a, a man sleeping with likely his stepmother. It's crazy. And Paul's like, wait, wait, it's actually, you know, now remember, get the context. This is a church that is bragging, <laughs> bragging and, and puffed up and proud about their spiritual um, maturity and the height to which they've reached spiritually. <laughs> so they're like, man, we're super spiritual. We we got it all together. We've outgrown you, Paul and Apollos. We are like, we, you know, we have we 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 only follow superstar apostles. We got the best, you know, we only follow the elite preacher. You know, we, you know, we 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 look down on on those who can't uh communicate well. We look down on those who even who work with their hands. We we are in we're in we're at elite status. <laughs> we're at elite level Christianity. And uh, and that's that was their that was their uh, that's what they were boasting about. And Paul's like, look at yourself. It's actually reported that there is sexual immorality among you, the kind that even the pagans don't tolerate. Um, some scholars think that one of the things that the Corinthians were bragging about their their sort of a, a point on this was they they look look how tolerant we are, look how tolerant we are. We don't judge anyone, we judge no one. We've got a guy in our congregation sleeping with his father's wife. Look, look how loving and accepting we are. Dude, this is exactly what happens in our culture. Here's the thing, man. Like in Christianity, look, you look the Gospels, we've said this before. It is true that the church, here's is a great example, actually, chapter five. It is true that the New Testament churches, they're all messed up. They all got issues. Of course they do. They have human beings in them. But in each and every circumstance, 
the church is called to a higher standard of living because of the power of the gospel, because of the power of Jesus that should be in us individually and that should be enlivening our community. We should be a reflection of the image of God and how God has created things, the order in which God has established things. We're never in the gospel. Uh, the gospel never reaches a community and, 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 the, pre, and, the, and the, the message is simply stay just like you are. You're doing great. This, this gospel message is an opportunity to make you feel a little better about yourself, but you're doing fine. No, no. So Paul's like, it's actually reported that there is sexual, sexual immorality among you, the kind that even the pagans do not tolerate. A man sleeping with his father's wife. And you are proud? You're proud of this? Verse 2. Shouldn't you rather have gone into mourning? I mean, shouldn't this be a, a spot of shame? And deep prayer and fasting. Man, this happens in our culture today with all kinds of things. With different things in our culture, with uh, with, with homosexuality and um, even some of our uh, some of our, our the people we support, we, we, we brag about this. The people that we get behind and their their lives are so full of sexual immorality. And ungodliness, and we 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 wear their their uh, their logos like a symbol of pride. Really, Paul says, shouldn't this, shouldn't this be a, a source of shame? It's a great uh, it's a great reminder, man. That, like we're called to a higher standard. You know, we, there are open church, right? Open churches, which basically means you any kind of lifestyle you, you're living in is fine with us. It doesn't matter to us. All that matters is your heart. And Paul will vehemently argue that that's uh, bullcorn. <laughs> it doesn't work that way. Yes, we should love everyone, 100%. But um, there is a standard uh, that we are called to. With love, with grace, of course, with acceptance, with encouragement, with, you know, not in arrogance or pride, but it's what we're called to. It's not just about your heart. It really isn't. It's also about what about what you're doing with, with your pants. That's what Paul's saying. He's like, yeah, the, the, the Corinthians would say that, you know, this just Christianity thing is just about the heart. It's not what we do with our, our privates. Uh, Paul's like, oh, yeah, it, it does matter what you're doing with your private. Excuse me. Excuse me. You should be ashamed. The pagans won't even tolerate this stuff and you're doing it. Uh, verse three, for my part, even though I'm not physically present, I am with you in the spirit. And one who is present with you in this way, I've already passed judgment in the name of the Lord Jesus on the one who has been doing this. So he, he's like, I know who the guy is. And uh, and I, and I know what he's up to, and I've made my decisions about that. This guy who's sleeping with his mom, with his uh, stepmother. So when you are assembling, I am with you in the spirit and the power of the Lord Jesus Christ is present or power of the Lord Jesus present. Hand this man over to Satan for the destruction of the flesh so that his spirit might be saved on the day of the Lord. Ooh, wow. So what we got here is an unrepentant Christian. Unrepentant. 
uh, at least uh, claims to be a Christian, unrepentant, refuses to acknowledge uh, the sinfulness with which he is in. And Paul's like, you've got, and, and this is not so different than Jesus's words in Matthew 18 and dealing with someone who is, uh, won't hear, uh, won't accept that they've, uh, they have, there's an offense against them. Um, you know, there's the whole uh, passage in Matthew 18 where it's like, you know, if a brother offends you, go with them in private and confront them. If they still won't hear it or accept the fact that there's an issue, bring a uh, another brother or sister with you uh, to to confront the issue. If still they ignore that there's really an issue, bring the leadership of the church. Some with spiritual maturity it doesn't have to be formal leadership, but leaders, influential, mature, spiritual people in the local community. Go with them privately and say, you know, hey. This is an issue. If still, after those three steps, they still refuse to acknowledge that they have an issue or that what they're doing is uh, is, is a sinful lifestyle, then, um, then you must treat them like an unbeliever <laughs> because it's obvious that they do not want to receive spiritual correction. And one of the signs of someone who truly is wants to become more like Jesus is that they will receive spiritual correction. That's part of our hearts. Like if our heart is right before God, you know, no one likes to hear to receive correction. But one of the signs that we're we're truly seeking Jesus is that we will be willing to make corrections in our behavior or corrections in our attitudes when we when it is clear biblically and from the community that our behavior is inconsistent with what God desires. When we when we are willing to do those things, that's indicative of a heart that truly wants to follow Jesus. But if over and over a heart is resistant to um, correction, then that's not indicative of, a, of a, a saved heart. That's indicative of a hardened heart, which is unsaved. So Paul says here, here's a guy who has a hardened heart, um, does not want to respond. Um, so... He says, I recommend that you hand him over to Satan for the destruction of his flesh so that the spirit, so his spirit might be saved. What? He needs to feel a little pain. You need to turn him over. You need to confront the sin, turn, release him from the community so that there is a, hopefully a redemptive outcome. So that there's prayerfully a redemptive outcome. Man, that's, and this is, that's tough, man. That's easier said than done, right? I mean, that is tough. That is tough. I, I very, you know, every time a church tries to do something like this, the church gets ripped apart, <laughs> and and not just from inside, from outside. You're judgmental, and you, you know, well, I was going through that church turned their back on me, and there are probably some, there are, there's plenty of stories like that, right? That the church is wrong in those cases, but there's also cases where the church did the right thing. But it doesn't matter because in the court of public opinion, the church always gets the "you're so judgmental and unloving and 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 and, 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 and you think everybody thinks they're better than everybody else," and it's not true. It's not true. Um, so every time the church has to uh, actually do something like this, like look, guy, you, you really can't come here anymore. Um, you're causing division. You're causing destruction. You're making people feel uncomfortable and unsafe, uh, or whatever. And over the course of 25 years in ministry, there's been just a few, just a few conversations I've had ever had to have with someone like that. And uh, never fun. And it's hard because you, you do you wrestle with this, that kind of, these kind of things like how can we how can we tell someone they can't come to church? <laughs> I mean, how can we how can we do that? And in the in the court of public opinion, it can get it gets twisted. Oh, they told me I could see. How could a church tell that you never come back? But they, but you don't know the whole story. 
So whenever someone tells you, hey, that that church told me never to come back, man, you lean in. There is more to the story. You got you got to you. There's got to be a, a long list of things. There's got to be some deep offenses before a church would tell you never to come back. I'm not talking about these super, you know, right wing fundamentalist. You know, you got a list a mile long of do's and don'ts. I'm not talking about those churches. I'm talking about 90 percent of your churches that love Jesus are trying to make a difference in their community. They're just trying to lift and glorify the name of the Lord and help people meet God. Those churches, if someone gets told not to return to those churches, there's a reason. (laughs) There's a reason. Nine times out of 10, there's a reason. Now, sometimes it may, may just be leadership of a church that's gone haywire. That happens, too. But I would say 90 percent of the time there's some some big reason a guy guy or a lady was was told that. So, Paul, that's his recommendation here, you know, basically kick them out of the church, kick them out. And that's, uh, you know, with the hope that that tough love, not so different with a family. Right. Sometimes you got to stop enabling bad behavior. And so uh, maybe by stopping enabling that uh, and help them feel a little pain. Um, they'll change. Right now, we're uh, we're in the midst of day two of Global Leadership Summit here at Bayside. I mean, it's it's all over North America, but we're a host site at Bayside, and um, and Dr. Henry Cloud spoke yesterday and just talking about he's a psycho- psychologist and best selling author, twenty something, maybe more than that books. Um, great, great. I've been following him for a long time. Books like Integrity, Boundaries. Um, just, uh, necessary endings are three of his really good books. Um, but, um, but he was talking, telling a story about, you know, a, a guy, a guy and a son who came in to talk with him to get counseling. And, um, you know, he asked them, you know, what, what's the, you know, what are you here for? He said, well, I don't really have any problems. Um, he does. And he pointed to the other to the, the son and so I was like, I don't really have any problems. It's my, it's my older brother. And, uh, He's the one with the problems. And Henry was like, well, where's your, where's the older brother? <laughs> well, he's not here. Okay. Well, where is he? And in the course of conversation with the dad, uh, it sounds like, well, uh, Henry said, well, it doesn't sound like he has any problems. He's not here. He's like, oh no, he's got problems. He's got big problems. He's got, he's got drug problems. He's got uh, responsibility problems. He's got uh, maturity problems. He's got a lot of problems. He's like, well, where is he? Uh, he's in Vail. He's in Vail. What do you mean? He's in Vail, Colorado. He's in Vail, Colorado. Yeah, he's skiing with his friends. He, he's got a place there that we provide. Wait, so your old, the older brother, the one, uh, is in Vail, Colorado, uh, skiing, and he has a place that you guys provide for him. Uh, the older brother, he ain't got no problems. <laughs> Henry's like, he has no problem. No, he doesn't have any problems. Um, sounds like he's good. He's getting everything taken care of. He said, and so. Uh, and, and Henry was like, uh, he talked to directly to the father. He's like, no, no, you, you have problems. He's like, I don't have a problem. What do you mean? He's like, no, no. He's like, I want you to see your problems so that you can help your son feel some problems. <laughs> because your pro- your son is not going to get help until he feels problems. <laughs> that reminds me of this. I mean, part of this is let's, uh, you got to stop enabling him. As long as he's living his life, he don't feel no problems. And we don't change until we feel pain most of the time, Right. When when the when the when the uh, when the level of pain, ex- the when the pain of here's the here's the here's the, the change uh, quotient right, 
when the pain of status quo exceeds the fear of change, we change. That's that's how that's that's the uh, that's the the uh, the formula for change. When the pain of status quo is greater than the fear of change, we will change. And so some people say, why won't they change? It's because the pain hasn't gotten bad enough yet. I mean, sadly, I mean, um, unfortunately, that's the case with a lot of people. Why are they changing? Well, because the the pain has not exceeded uh, their their uh, their fear to change. They'd rather not change because the pain is not as bad. But when the pain exceeds the fear of change, they'll change. All right, moving on. Let's keep reading. Verse six. Your boasting is not good. Don't you know that a little yeast le- leavens the whole batch of dough? His bad behavior is influencing the whole church, right? Get rid of the old yeast so that you may have be so that you may be a new unleavened batch, as you really are. That's who you are. That's who you are in Christ. For Christ, our Passover lamb has been sacrificed. Therefore, let us keep the festival, not with the old bread leavened with malice and wickedness, again, calling them to a higher standard, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. I mean, this is a little zinger at the guy. He's not—he's not. This guy's not sincere, man. And that in, lack of sincerity is 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 infiltrating and influencing negatively the entire congregation. Verse nine. I wrote to you in my letter not to associate with sexually immoral people. So remember, we mentioned that uh, Paul had ongoing correspondence with the Corinthians. Here in First Corinthians chapter five, Paul is referring to a letter, a previous letter, um, and so there there were. Probably at least four correspondence, um, written correspondence that went on um, between the Corinthians and Paul, or Paul to the Corinthians that we know of. So I wrote to you in my letter not to associate with sexually immoral people, not at all meaning the people of this world. Look, so it's not saying it's not saying people who have um, crazy lifestyles or, or lifestyles not consistent with Scripture. That it's not saying that we should not associate with them. No, 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 no. That's what he's saying. He's saying no. We should love them. We should befriend them. We should encourage them. We should, they could, they should be our friends. They say, no, 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 that's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying you can't associate with anyone who has an issue. That's the thing that people say, right? Oh, well then you, you can't, you, you guys can, you think you're holier than now. You only you think you can only accept people with no sin in their lives. Well, good luck with that. No, all have fallen short of the glory of God. Every one of us have things we're continuing to overcome and continuing to grow in Christ, grow in grace in. Yeah, if you if you told, if you went up on Sunday morning and said, everyone who has sin in their life, get out of here. Man, the place is empty, <laughs> including the preacher. <laughs> there wouldn't be nobody in the building. Just lock everything up. No, that's not what he's saying. Paul says, in my, in my letter to you, not to associate with sexually immoral people, not at all meaning the people of this world who are immoral or the greedy or the swindlers or the idolaters? No, I'm not saying don't associate with those people. In that case, you would have to leave this world. Like where where are you going to? If 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 the if the call of the gospel was to not associate with sinful people, where are you going to go to find that? You're going to have to go to Mars. And then you then the problem is when you get to Mars, you look around, you brought sandwich. <laughs> Because it's in everybody. It's there, right? He's like, no, you'd have to leave this world. That's not what I'm saying. Verse 11. 
But now I'm writing to you that you must not associate with anyone who claims to be a brother or sister. This is it. This is it, guys, right here. You must not associate with anyone who claims to be a brother or sister, but is sexually immorally or immoral or greedy or an idolater or slanderer or drunkard or swindler. Do not even eat with such people. Those people who are in continuous, outright rebellion against God, who claim to be followers of Jesus, claim to be saved. He's like, don't don't even entertain that, guys. Don't even, even entertain that because there's something spiritually wrong. Now, if someone's struggling and they're admitting it and they're acknowledging it, that's that's a totally different thing. But if someone is like sort of, this is who I am, this is what I do, and I love Jesus, just, just, just deal with it. Paul's like, no, 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 then don't, then don't associate with them because they have a heart that is hardened to the truth of the gospel. And we have that all over the place in our culture. This is who I am. I am who I am. This is what it is. God loves me. This is it. I'm just going to do what I do. If you don't, and I'm a Christian, I love it. Well, you're inconsistent with what the word of God teaches. I'm sorry. You can't just live any old way you want and claim to be, uh, have, be in a right place with God. You just can't. Why? Paul will tell us in other places, look, if Christ ra- if God raised Christ from the dead, he is sufficient to help you with every issue you have in your life. He is sufficient to, now, is it all easy? No. Can you all do it? Can you do it on your own? No. You need the power of God. You need the health and encouragement of a community. You may need a great counselor. But God has given us everything we need for a life of godliness. And that's what he's called us to. Not a perfect. doesn't mean we're perfect. doesn't mean we're, we're without spot or blemish. No, no, that's not Please don't hear what we're not saying here. But we shouldn't look just like the world. And we shouldn't boast in our sin. And if we find in situations where people are boasting in their sin, then we need to disassociate. Verse 12. What business is it of mine to judge those outside the church? So Paul's saying, I can't, I'm not saying anything about those outside the church. I'm not expecting unchristian people to live like Christians. That's man, that's that's a good thing, man. All this judgment against the world, screaming at the world, yelling at the world. Look, why 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 are we expecting unchristians to live like Christians? Oh, we, we but we would but we would expect Christians to live like Christians. <laughs> I mean, call me crazy, call me crazy. I don't expect unchristian people to live like Christians, but come on, man. I do expect Christians to look to look a little bit like Jesus. <laughs> what I don't expect is for Christians to look just like the world. And that's what that was. I mean, if you sum it up, that's the Corinthians problem. There, there, there's, there's, in, it's indistinguishable. The, uh, the culture of the world and the culture of Christ is indistinguishable, and that's problematic. There's something woefully uh, missing when the community of the church looks just like the world uh, in attitude, in behavior, um, in, um, in lifestyle. If it looks just like the world, there's something. There's something probably uh, a foul. So Paul says, what business is it of mine to judge those outside the church? Are you not to judge those inside? God will judge those outside. Expel the wicked person from among you. Again, he's talking about that, you know, person who's unrepentant. And this, you know, this is a journey, a painful journey. You know, someone who just over and over and over will not change their ways. And it's destructive and it's, 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 uh, it's damaging. Not only for them, but for others. 
gets to a point where you're like, okay, you can't, you're going to have to, you're going to have to leave. <laughs> and that, that's a tough conversation. No one, no one ever likes to do that because we want to see people safe. We want to see people encouraged. We want to welcome people and love people and embrace people. Uh, but sometimes you have to look out for the good of the entire community. And that's what Paul's talking about here. You know, Talk, he's talking about the, the sinful brother selfish. He's just, he just wants his own thing. And it's uh it's damaging the community. So wow, that's a heavy one, right? First Corinthians chapter five. But um great teaching from the Lord of God, reminder that we are called to, uh, to a godly life, that we can't look like just like the world. If we can live by our neighbors and live with our uh live near uh other people and they they don't see anything different in our lives, you know, we're, we 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 sexually we do we're doing the same things for entertainment, we're doing the same things. We have no self-control. Nah, man. Paul's like, that's not, that's not right. And um, we need to make sure that our, our lives are moving closer to Jesus, not closer to the world. Yeah, it's a good reminder. All right, guys, let's have a prayer. And because uh, that's what we do. We, we read, we pray, we change the world. So let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for your word. Tough word today, Lord. A reminder that we're called to a higher standard. And you can just feel the pain of a pastor and leader in that story and uh, that 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 in, that situation in Corinth of having to actually expel a brother from the fellowship, uh, a lot of tears, you know, and pain and hurt, uh, Lord, and we sense it, we feel it, um, because it's something no one ever wants to do, um, God. But just a reminder that we we um, you know that in the life of the church and in the, in the, in, um, in our walk with you, there are sometimes difficult situations that have to be addressed and avoiding things uh, doesn't always, does, rarely helps. And so God, give us courage, give us courage. Maybe there's something in our lives today that you want us to address. Maybe there's something in the lives of a friend that you would like us to have a conversation about, Lord, give us grace and peace. Give us a lot of self-reflection. Lord, help us to get the uh, plank out of our own eye before we judge the splinter in someone else's. Uh, but once we've done that, Lord, help us to help them with the splinter. <laughs> Lord, thank you for your love and your grace. Thank you for the body of Christ. Lord, we do so many things, uh, sometimes inadequately, but we strive to do what will bring you glory. So help us, Lord. Uh, Bayside, uh, all the churches that are represented by the folks who are listening right now and being a part of this, whatever congregation they go to, would you encourage their leadership? Would you encourage their community? Uh, would you just pour out your Holy Spirit on each and every congregation in a great and mighty way for the glory of your great name? Lord, we love you. Uh, Lord, help us to be loving and kind to our neighbors, um, to people of all lifestyles. Help us to be loving and gracious and um, grace-filled and gospel-centered and extend to them the love and the grace of Jesus uh, that has been extended to us. Lord, we love you. We give you thanks. Thank you for my friends today. May you bless them real good today in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you today. Thank you for being part of this special edition of the podcast. We'll be back at it Monday with 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Thanks for sharing this. Thanks for subscribing. Thanks for leaving a comment. Really appreciate that. That helps um, so people can more people can find it. God bless you today. We'll see you next time. Thank you for joining us today on Pastor Terry's Bible Study Podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's show. If this episode has been an encouragement to you, please help us by spreading the word about the podcast. You can do that by giving us a thumbs up, subscribing, and sharing it with your friends. You can also find me, Pastor Terry, as well as Bayside Church in Safety Harbor, Florida, on all social media platforms. 
the church you will find at Bayside Church SH. Again, thank you for being with us today and for sharing this podcast with your friends. Until next time, remember, God's word is true. Everything else is merely commentary. God bless you. We'll see you next time.